Half the NFL is dead this week. Let's see if their pallbearers are worth a pickup here in the doghouse. everybody it's your boy d roy at roy dog underscore 13 r-o-y-d-a-w-g underscore one three now with the music you know what's happening we're going mobile i'm heading into work right now so i can take my happy ass into the humble abodes of chicago illinois fun fun tuesday had a bunch of injuries this week. Uh, everybody knows about Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger. So we need to figure out what's going on. We got guys that are worth picking up. We also had this morning Eli Manning officially demoted and Daniel Jones taking over. So your top three quarterbacks that are going to be on the waiver wire is going to be one, Teddy Bridgewater. Mason Rudolph and Daniel Jones. Um, as far as I'm concerned, top two guys that you're going to be looking at would be Daniel Jones and Mason Rudolph. I'm not really interested too much in Teddy Bridgewater because he just cannot seem to fucking improve it, uh, prove himself. Um, it is a good offense, but I would hope. I would definitely hope that the Saints would pull their heads out of their ass and actually get Alvin Kamara the ball. With, you know, Michael Thomas still being the top target, but it's going to neuter any shares that you have in seasonal. doesn't mean that you're going to sit Michael Thomas. You do not sit Michael Thomas whatsoever. He has way too much upside, uh, especially in this offense. Uh, as far as we're concerned, you're really only going to be looking at these guys in a one quarterback league. If there's just absolutely nobody else available, that's like, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Josh Allen. Those would be your guys that you would really want. If you happen to have lost Ben Roethlisberger or Drew Brees, uh, you're going to want to put a hefty bid on one of those two. Uh, Andy Dalton may be available. I did pick him up off the free agent list. 
15 minutes before game time as I had Philip Rivers going and I switched it out. I just had the bad feeling. I wrote, had it written up and talked about it on the previous podcast last week that I just didn't feel comfortable with the Chargers offense uh, with the possibilities of Mike Williams being out, the injury to Hunter Henry and whatnot. Um, two QB leagues, super flex. That's where you're going to be looking at these guys. You're going to probably have to put in quite a bid. Uh, you're going at least 20% on Mason Rudolph uh, and uh, uh, Jesus Christ, Daniel Jones, but you probably may even have to go up to 25% of whatever your budget is. Um, so... Teddy Bridgewater, maybe I'd put like say a ten dollar bid, ten percent of a of a full uh, hundred dollar fab budget. I just heard somebody today call it a fucking fob budget. It's not a fob budget. It does not go on your keychain. It's not a fucking key fob. Jesus Christ, we've been using fab for at least five years. Pull your head out of your goddamn ass. Running backs, uh, we do have injuries to Damian Williams. We don't know the extent of the injury. LaShawn McCoy seems like he's going to be fine, but I do have interest in Darwin Thompson. Um, There is uh, Daryl Williams still there to contend with as far as the backup position is concerned, but I really would like to get my hands on Darwin Thompson if I have the space and the need. Probably looking at it again, another probably 20%. Uh, when I deal with the percentages, I'm dealing with a full $100 fab budget. So plan accordingly. Uh, when I say 20%, that generally means 20 bucks. We all know the rules. You're going to pay a couple, you're going to pay an extra dollar or two above that percentage just to make sure that you have a better chance at getting him in case somebody is pulling their information from another site or somebody else, you know, who deals with fantasy, fantasy football as a whole. Um, other guys to look at, I'm not looking at Jeff Wilson. Uh, just don't see him really keeping up with uh, Matt Breida or Raheem Mostert. Manal Mostert is a guy that I would have some interest in. I'd like to get him under 15% if I can. Um, take a look around your leagues and just see how the running back situation is, though, because uh, you probably have to pay a little bit higher. Uh, San Francisco is committed to running this football, and they are going to use at least two guys. So I would pay for him, but understand that they do have a bye week coming up in week four so that's going to hinder him you'll also at some point have Tevin Coleman coming back the initial the initial thought on the high ankle sprain was going to be four to six weeks now you have to also include the bye week in there so he's going to have two weeks up through the bye week, three go three weeks of rest going into week five. 
So it is quite a possibility that he's going to be back by week six. So you really need to determine whether or not it's going to be worth putting a lot of money on Mostert or not. Um, if you're a Tevin Coleman owner and you don't have Matt Breida, I would probably go ahead and take the stab on Mostert if you hadn't already taken the stab on, say, uh, a guy like um, Mac, uh, Brown for Malcolm Brown for uh, the L.A. Rams, which I did last week. So I'm probably going to stay off of Mostert for the most part. Um, I know there's somebody else that I'm missing. Oh, uh, James Conner sounds like he's going to be fine for this week. Uh, You may want to take a look, if you are a James Conner owner, in getting either Jalen Samuels or Benny Snell. Uh, Jalen Samuels is looking for right now to be the primary backup, although, in my opinion, Benny Snell is probably the better running back as a whole, uh, especially on early downs versus Jalen Samuel. But if you want a guy that's going to have pass-catching options, I would expect that the Steelers will have to play a little bit more from behind uh, than what they're usually accustomed to. Now, I know they had been getting beat uh, and playing from behind most of the season, but I expect that defense to get a little bit better. As the time goes on, they've kind of gotten hosed a little bit, especially in this last game against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Chris Carson. I'm not scared of him losing his job. He has had the fumbling issue. He needs to get it corrected. But I'm not panicking. But if I am the Chris Carson owner and Rashad Penny is out and available, I want to have him just in case. If anything, you're running a block from anybody else. Um, Just in case something does happen to Chris Carson, we'd like to have our handcuffs no matter what. Wide receivers, if you have Dante Moncrief, drop him. The guy we want now is James Washington. He went to school with Mason Rudolph. They have a connection. Uh, He did succeed in the preseason with Rudolph at quarterback. So it's definitely worth a bid. You're probably not going to have to put more than 10% on out there because he's not going to be wildly sought after. Uh, The guy that will be wildly sought after is going to be uh, DK Metcalf for the Seattle Seahawks. I'm not going to completely buy into C- Metcalf. If you have the money available and they have the roster spot, like say, uh, or you know you're dealing with injuries, Alshon Jeffrey, who they're a little bit more optimistic about, um, but I'm not going to buy into that based on Jeffrey's history. Uh, Deshaun Jackson will probably be out this week. So if you do need a guy, maybe I would take a shot on DK Metcalf. He does have the upside. Uh, He does have the ability to succeed against the New Orleans Saints this week. So I probably would still look at about a 15% bid on there. Uh, Have a little bit of interest in Nelson Aguilar. I don't think 
Aguilar is going to be that sought after, so maybe you only have to put in, like, say, a 5% bid or just wait until after the waiver period and you can probably pick him up on free agency. Uh, he's not going to be a high upside guy, but with the injuries um, to the pass catching, uh, pass catching, to the pass catchers in the wide receiver group, um, Nelson Aguilar is going to be the top option for Carson Wentz outside of Zach Ertz. Uh, still don't have any news on Dallas Goddard. Um, mostly because I just haven't looked yet. Uh, so if you have him, he's probably still worth... I don't know if he's worth keeping on there. He's probably worth dropping if you're holding on to him and just freeing up that spot. Uh, Darren Waller's not owned by now. Uh, he needs to be owned this week. It's two weeks in a row that you can definitely see that Derek Carr is going to two people. He's going to Tyrell Williams, and he's going to Darren Waller. Oh, let's see. I don't think there's really anything else in tight ends. Defenses, don't don't spend your fab money on defenses, please. If somebody wants to spend their money on, on defenses, just let them have it. Um, we want to hold on to every single dollar that we have. Uh, to use on the skill player positions. So don't just go out and run out there and spend all willy-nilly. But it does seem like I'm missing something. I'm sure I'll figure it out. Hopefully I'll figure it out tonight. If I do figure it out during the day, I will make sure to put that into the Slack chat um, over at Full-Time DFS. Uh, Just right now, some of the names are escaping me. There was just, there were so many injuries, but there was so much that was just, okay, shit happens. I'm not interested in the next man up. Um, that would be the case in point uh, for the New York Jets, uh, who are down to Luke Falk after losing Trevor Simeon to, I believe it was a shattered ankle, if I remember correctly. Um, any which way, it was really nasty. So, um, they were giving the ball to Le'Veon Bell. Now, if they're going to keep giving him that workload that they gave him last night, he is not, not going to last very long. Um, and I would expect an injury here within the next couple of weeks. Although it was nice to see that he actually muscled through and actually, you know, overcame the shoulder issue. But uh, as far as Luke Falk is concerned, I wouldn't bother with it. Let somebody else fucking take that landmine and just be done with it. Because um, I just, I have no interest. I, I really, until Sam Darnold gets back, there really isn't anything that I want to do here. Now, if you did spend money on Jamison Crowder, I'd probably still hold on to him if you can. Because he, when Sam Darnold comes back, he could, he could and should be a, a valuable piece to that offense and should get back on track. But we still don't really have a timetable on when Darnold's going to get back from this uh, case of mono. I've had mono. I don't know how the fuck I got mono. Uh, at that point in time, it wasn't like I was out, you know, gallivanting around, banging chicks every 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 which way and how so it's kind of a case by case basis 
you're super tired, all you want to do is sleep all day, he will lose weight. Um, I overcame it in about two weeks uh, with just about straight sleep um, and just keeping myself, you know, you keep yourself hydrated and try to eat what you can so that your body just doesn't eat itself out from inside. Thanks, motherfucker. Really? piece of shit fucking Monte Carlo driving motherfucker sorry how very rude of me um but there was another there's another issue that I wanted kind of it's not really an issue it's just kind of an observation type deal there <clears throat> had a discussion in the slack chat about um showdown slates and you know uh, someone had brought up point well statistically speaking 97% of the winning lineups always have a skilled player in uh, in the captain spot captain spot of course you know MVP is one and a half X whatever they score in the games while it's statistically that is true the problem is when you start pulling all these statistics out and all these, you know, companies, they put all these, you know, things out there, you have to also remember that everybody else can see these statistics, okay? So, what are you doing? If you're solely focused on a specific statistic, like, say, you know, this 97%, What are you doing? Well, what you're doing is engaging in the herd mentality that's talked about all the time. The sheep, as it will, as it were. You are following what everybody else is going to be doing because they, that statistic is out there. So when I tell you that if you're running multiple lineups out there, it's probably not a bad idea to throw a defense, maybe a kicker, into that captain spot. You're going to be part of the 3%. So if it hits, you're taking out probably at least 90% of the field because you went completely the other way. Does it work all the time? Absolutely not. Obviously, it only works 3% of the time. But you have to remember that you're entering contests where there's anywhere from 20 to 100 to 200,000 people in these contests. And if you want to get to the top, you have to think outside the box. That's why it pisses me off whenever anybody grabs a statistic out and wants to shove it in my face. Because I'm not a person that's just going to follow everybody else. There's a reason why I had great success this weekend. I won another $94 in the primetime contest. It was 106 I took back in. 
from $12 an entry fee. That was three entries in a prime time, 20 entry max on DK. There's a reason why I had success this weekend. There's a reason why I should be 100% through cash. I missed on week one in FanDuel by a, a margin of two and a half points. So that was basically if Winston wouldn't have thrown an interception, would have hit one of those touchdowns of Cameron Braid, I would have been on the positive side of the line. It is what it is. I don't dwell on it. I take it and chalk it up as a loss and move on. There's a reason why I won. And it's because obviously people are, are so fucking in their own heads that they just didn't go, look, Miami's fucking terrible. They have Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh Rosen at quarterback, whoever's playing. Two quarterbacks that are known for turnovers. So in my cash game lineups, why wouldn't I just go ahead and pay that couple extra hundred dollars and put the defense that's at full fucking strength against the worst team in the league? A team that's selling every fucking good part of its team away. And I had mentioned in the Slack chat today, before I got ready for work, that RG, which is Roto-Grinders, went on their show and they said, I just couldn't play a New England defense that was chalky at over 20% owned. Anybody who played cash on FanDuel knew that that defense was anywhere from 30 to 40% owned, okay? So they're right on there. If you switched over to the other sites, Yahoo, DK, Fancy Draft, the ones that I've been following, the ones I've been playing on, the ones that I put the pricing and everything on, that defense was under 10% owned across the board, cash, GPP, FanDuel GPP, they weren't even owned 20%. So what you have is you have a company trying to talk itself out of a mistake that it made still two days later instead of just admitting they should have fucking played it. If you look on Twitter across the fantasy industry how many screenshots did you see now it doesn't matter if you're following any of the companies you know Roto-Grinders Elite Mafia or you know uh, Elite Fantasy I should say um god there's another Arbor Pro uh Daily Roto there weren't a lot of screenshots this week So you have to ask yourself, why was that? And that's because they all herded towards the same place. 
they all followed each other right down that fucking sinkhole that we've been trying to avoid. I know for a fact a couple of these companies had put Ben Roethlisberger in cash. Yes, I had Ben Roethlisberger in my write-up. Yes, I had Juju Smith-Schuster, Dante Moncrief, Vance McDonald. Which Vance McDonald hit, by the way. But I had it in GPP. Because I just couldn't trust Ben Roethlisberger in cash. Every time he comes up as being the mo- one of the most popular plays of the week... He's let everybody down. I've said now with Jameis Winston, I don't give a fuck what the matchup is. I'm not going to use him in cash anymore. He may be available in GPP, but do not use him in cash. He's done. Last week was the last straw. And this that date back that dates back for the last couple of years. It's quite possible that I still use receiving options from those teams. You know, well, Ben Roethlisberger's gone, so we don't need to worry about that. But I have a feeling that like guys like Mason Rudolph and now, you know, RG shows saying, you know, with Tyler Haneke, Taylor Haneke being at four K that he's well in play so that you can pay up for other options. Okay? I don't know if I'd say it out loud. I'd say, for now, GPP option? Sure. Maybe. But what is Taylor Haneke's upside? What's his floor? Carolina goes to Arizona, which we know can be run on, can be passed on. But is Taylor Haneke just another landmine that all the sheep are going to herd themselves to? We need to pay attention to this shit. You need to listen on the radio. You need to question what these guys are saying on the radio. I can pick up bullshit from a mile away because I've been listening to these same people for the last several years. There's a reason why I decided to do this podcast. It's not the greatest podcast in the world. It's not produced all that well because I'm the one producing it. So, I have to do everything myself, right? But the reason for the podcast is so you can listen to my voice. So you can listen for inflections. Anything that I am saying when I'm talking about players. And you need to pick out whether or not I'm really on them or not. And that's why we do the the first run through. Last week... I dropped the ball. I should have put on a podcast on Sunday morning. 
I should have went ahead and done and did that, but I felt I could go into the chat, we could talk about stuff, and it'd be fine. That was my mistake. That won't happen again. We'll have the final run-through of the write-up so you can hear the sound of my voice. Because you'll know how confident I am in Josh Allen. You'll know how confident I was in New England versus Baltimore. I did still think Baltimore was going to have a chance. But if anybody was in that chat Sunday morning and they saw the question, Ravens or New England, I did say, I'm starting to get a little uncomfortable because of the secondary injuries for the Baltimore Ravens. So if it was me, I would just go ahead and use New England, a healthy defense against a terrible team with Ryan Fitzpatrick at the helm. This stuff is all free. I don't work for anybody. You don't have to listen to me at all. You can use it as a supplement to the site that you use for your information. I love that people have questions or try to run through it and post it in the chat. That means your brain is working. That means you're trying to think whether or not you need to get out, step outside the box or not. I'm not angry at anybody who throws something in my face. It really doesn't bother me. Am I an asshole when I say fake fucking news? Hell yeah. But that's because I stand behind what I say. I stand behind what I do. I stand behind the growth of the product that I'm putting out. And I call it a product because that's what it is. The spreadsheet, the article, it's a product. Next week, we should get full DVOA data for this season. This week, the spreadsheet is still, you know, not at 100%. We'll have updated DVP data. Defense versus position points. We'll have that for this year. That's what we're going to look at. We're going to start looking to see if there's trends. Follow the tracker bar that's underneath each spot for DVP. DVOA is not going to move yet. DVOA moves next week. DVOA next week will be this year's data. The spreadsheet will be at 100% next week. The spreadsheet at under 100% 
with the article has already been hitting in week one and week two. I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back. I'm just saying we should have another good week in week three. We always hope for making money every single week. But watch out for week four. Because we're going fucking nuclear. Take it easy, guys. I'm going to get into work. You guys have yourselves a good rest of your day. And uh, at the very latest, I'll talk to you on Thursday.